I talked last episode about my first ever internet lesson plan involving Ray Bradbury and RayBradbury.com. Here's something I learned from RayBradbury.com just now. Not only was Bradbury highly creative with language, he also was an exceptional visual artist. He would use the basement office as his studio, doodling, sketching, and painting. He especially loved to draw devil faces, pumpkins, cats, and monsters, and even painted a Halloween tree. After watching It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown on Halloween with his daughters, he was thoroughly disappointed by the TV show's handling of his favorite holiday, so Bradbury remembered his earlier Halloween tree painting and decided to write his own history of Halloween around this concept. The Halloween tree became one of his best-known works, which is odd because I'd never heard of it before. Anyway, today's literary quote comes from Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451 and has nothing to do with Halloween. Greetings and welcome to the Teaching ALA podcast where this summer we combine my two favorite things, literature and summer vacation. Get ready for some literary quotes. Bradbury foresaw a future where outdoors and exercise were an anomaly. I I really don't see that, at least where I live. He also saw a future that involved people always on the go, never taking the time to enjoy life. That I do see. I see people so busy, busy that they don't appreciate or enjoy what it is they have. They're always stressed out, always on the go. Uh, so I think that's, I, I, you know, it was probably prevalent back in the 1950s too. Anyhow, here's a quote. White blurs are houses, brown blurs are cows. My uncle drove slowly on a highway once. He drove 40 miles an hour and they jailed him for two days, end quote. You know what? If you're driving 40 miles an hour on the, on the highway and I'm trying to get somewhere, I'm glad they put him in jail. Anyway, Clarice tells Montag about her strange family, the one that actually converses with each other and enjoys nature. This shows just how shallow Montag's society has become. Nobody thinks, one of many Bradbury's predictions that have come true. Let me, let me state that in a more understandable way. In Bradbury's society, nobody thinks. And I think this is one of Bradbury's predictions that have come true. For example, instead of taking the time to actually read Fahrenheit, 40, Fahrenheit 45.1, no, Fahrenheit 451, much better than Fahrenheit 45.1 which is the temperature that's really cold, I guess. But instead of reading this novel, I've had students go online looking for spark notes and just reading a summary of it. Have you ever had that? I know it's, it's, it's astounding. And I never did that when I was in school, only because we didn't have the internet. But I do remember going to the mall and buying Cliff's notes for the Scarlet Letter. Bradbury's vision takes a dark turn with his look at depression and mental illness. Quote, they had this machine. They had two machines, really. One of them slid down into your stomach like a black cobra down an echoing well looking for all the old water and the old time gathered there. Bradbury uses figurative language several times in the novel to give machines animal-like qualities. Here we have a simile, a stomach pump being compared to a snake. The snakes are here to revive Montag's wife who has attempted suicide again. Suicides are apparently popular in Montag society because the quote-unquote doctors coming into pump her stomach treat this as a routine procedure. You know, one theme in Bradbury's writing that shows up again and again and again and again is how technological innovation does not lead to increased happiness. This might be a relevant topic to discuss in your class today. Well, not today since it's summer. <laughs> but if you're listening to this in like September, could be. You, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Now, I talked last episode about how amazed I am with Bradbury's vision of the future, how accurate it is, his vision that includes social and scientific predictions. And I'm also amazed at how well Bradbury uses figurative language. It's something he's, he's not really given the credit for. I mean, he's given credit for being one of the greatest science fiction writers, but his power of description is fantastic. If you've ever read A Sound of Thunder, for example, you know, you, you'll be amazed at his description of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, or if you've read The Velt, 
His description of the Velt and the virtual reality is amazing. And we have great descriptions here in Fahrenheit 451. He uses figurative language uh, incredibly well. So again, if you're, you know, quick lesson, you want to just, again, save this, come back to it when school starts, label the left column examples of figurative language, label the right column explanation. You could even have a third column which uh, mentions type of figurative language. And since we're on the subject of lesson plans, over at ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, I combine most of the lesson plan units I've created into one gigantic PDF file, made it available to all my listeners, the loyal and disloyal ones. we got complete units. You've heard this before. I'm going to move on and move back, I should say, to RayBradbury.com. Another fun fact from RayBradbury.com. In February 1924, Bradbury saw his first film at age three when his mother took him to see Lon Chaney in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Two years later, he was back to see the actor's next release, The Phantom of the Opera, twice, once with his mother and again with his brother, Skip. These pictures began his lifelong love affair with cinema. He often watched the same movie multiple times. In 1940, he watched Disney's Fantasia more times than he could remember. His favorite Hollywood films came from almost every genre, King Kong, Citizen Kane, Singing in the Rain, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. While the animation and silent films he'd seen as a child held a special place in his heart for the rest of his life. He also did. A, he also had a Ray, Bad, Ray Bradbury Theater. It was a television show in Canada. I believe it was 1989. I think it only lasted one or two seasons. Anyways, if you go to YouTube and type in Ray Bradbury Theater, all his shows come up, including The Velt uh, and A Sound of Thunder. We mentioned Bradbury was inspired by, by, by his movie. So, so what are we going to say or read or teach in our classroom that will impact the next Ray Bradbury? Okay, that was cheesy, but you get the point, right? You're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 